educators have known all along that ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, occurs in childhood. But according to recent research, about 40 to 60 percent of those individuals who had ADHD as a child experience it as an adult. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to take a closer look at what that means and how an individual with ADHD is accommodated through disability services in college and how it could impact the work that an individual is doing at college. So welcome to College Disabilities and Success, Episode 37, ADHD in Adults by Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physicians, or legal services for any additional information. ADHD is generally characterized by hyperactivity, impulsivity, inattention, the inability to focus, easy distraction, and it often leads to difficulties with memory, with concentration, organization, to paying attention to lectures in class, behaviors in class, things like that. So the immediate question is, well, what's the difference between adult ADHD and childhood ADHD. And it appears as though the adult ADHD does not show the hyperactivity as often as it did in childhood. Because by the time people are adults, they're a little bit better able to control that impulse of hyperactivity. But inattention, the inability to focus, those problems persist and continue. Now, when you're thinking about how ADHD manifests itself in adults, you're looking at Things like challenges carrying out a task. Is it hard for you to keep appointments, maintain deadlines, focus on a task? How problematic is it for you to follow through and complete a project that you're working on? There are certain characteristics and behaviors that also seem to go along with the ADHD in relation to holding down jobs and unemployment and that sort of thing. So ADHD is a very, very complicated diagnosis, and that's why you really need to have that conversation with your psychologist or psychiatrist or medical doctor to find out if that is your reality. It can also be comorbid, and that means coexisting along with several other diagnoses, including certain mood disorders, bipolar, anxiety, substance abuse. So these can also be issues that you need to talk to your doctors about. When in doubt, always follow through with your doctors. Diagnosing ADHD is definitely not in my wheelhouse. I am not a medical person, but I have known many adult individuals with ADHD. And so I want to talk to you about the college experience in ADHD. So the first point of interest is exactly what kind of documentation should you have to get accommodations in college for ADHD. Now, the general rule of thumb is that the disability services usually request some sort of a letter. It might be a letter from a medical doctor. It could be from a psychologist, a psychiatrist, somebody who has the credentials and the ability to diagnose the ADHD problem. They're also going to be interested in your past history. Did you have ADHD in school? Did you have it as a child? What kind of problems did you have then? What kind of problems are you seeing now? These are the kind of questions that a disability specialist is going to ask you about when you talk to that person. Now, I have had a ton of people 
tell me they were diagnosed with a learning disability. And then when I tell them to bring in the documentation, they bring in the documentation for ADHD. Learning disabilities and ADHD go hand in hand very often. In about 25-30% of the cases, it's been my experience that an individual with a learning disability, such as dyslexia, can also be experiencing ADHD. So taking a brief moment just to explain the differences for you, in case you get those two terms confused. When you have an individual who is dyslexic, they are looking at the written material and their brain is working to sort out what they're seeing on the page. They're seeing letters that flip. They may black out. They may get smaller. I've had one person tell me his vision spiraled down into a tunnel when he looked at the text. But something is literally happening to that text on the page within the brain. It's not the eyes, it's happening within the brain. And so the person who has dyslexia or a learning disability is spending a lot of extra time trying to sort out what they are reading on the page. Now, a person who has a learning disability, dyslexia, and also has ADHD, is still trying to sort out what they're seeing on their page. They're still trying to understand what they're seeing on the page, but then something distracts them. Something pulls them away. It could be a noise. It could be somebody walking by. It could be a piece of paper next to them. It could be something that falls on the floor. It could be somebody getting up to walk across a room. Any number of things could happen that pulls their attention away from the focus on the written word. And so, again, they have to go back and try to maintain their focus while they're also trying to maintain the ability to read what is actually on that page. So it is often referred to as a double whammy because that's what's happening. And an individual who has both learning disability and ADHD is really having a hard time with reading and understanding the text. That having been said, if you start looking at accommodations for an individual with ADHD, one of the first things that I would suggest is extra time. If you're taking a test and you're distracted and easily lose your focus, the extra time can help you regain your focus. So that's always the first accommodation. That's an easy accommodation to ask for and to get. If you're dealing with the double whammy of a learning disability and ADHD, I would ask for electronic textbooks, something from Learning Ally. Disability Services can order that for you on Learning Ally, and it wouldn't cost you anything. If you have a Learning Ally subscription on your own, it will cost you to have that subscription. But your Disability Services people should be able to do that for you. So definitely electronic textbooks, because that way it allows you to actually read the material and listen to it at the same time, which is very helpful. You may want preferential seating in the room. And again, because of the distractibility, you might want to be up front, the front of the room, so you're not distracted by the people behind you. Or you might want to be at the back of the room so that you can refocus when you need to. Over to the side, perhaps. There are certain seats in the room that seem to help better for an individual with ADHD. So that might be a specialized accommodation that you can ask for. Now, ADHD cuts across all academic areas. Usually when a person has ADHD, the inability to attend to the topic, to stay on focus, to concentrate, is across the board in all your subjects. Whereas with a learning disability, it may not be in all your subjects. It may be specific to certain subjects. 
So that's also a big difference between ADHD and a learning disability. But either way, those can be accommodated at college, and they should be. If you're not sure of the documentation that you have or what you need, talk to disability services first before going out and getting additional evaluations. It would definitely help to know what they want and expect for documentation rather than bring in something they can't use. Because you just never know these days what they will accept and what they will not accept. And so if you already have something at home that shows you had ADHD as a child that may be sufficient, then again, they may want something updated by your doctor that shows that you are still showing ADHD as an adult. Because remember I said early on that it seems to only manifest in adults at about 50% of the rate it did as in children. Now, if you are going to get a diagnosis as an adult, you may find that they use something in the office called a TOVA test. That's T-O-V-A, and that stands for the Test of Variables and Attention. It measures attention and inhibitory control. It's looking to see how you're attending to a problem and how spontaneously you are reacting to a problem. I've actually seen a TOVA test administered. They take about 20 minutes, and sometimes if medication is involved, they may do a TOVA test prior to medication and then after medication to see if it has improved the results. But the TOVA test is actually FDA cleared and approved, and they have a new electronic version of the TOVA test available for use. And the TOVA test link and the the TOVA test article from the ADD Attitude magazine will be in, in the show notes. And I also found research that substantiates the article. So it is an FDA approved way to diagnose ADHD. ADHD is a very complicated issue, but when I realized that it diminished by half when you went from childhood to adulthood. I thought that was worth a conversation on the podcast because I don't know that a lot of people realize those statistics. It's really important that you or your child maintain those connections to the doctors. So whether you choose medication or not, I'm not going down that conversation here. That is not my area to recommend or not recommend. That totally goes along with your conversations with your doctor. But regardless of the treatments for ADHD that you are using, or choosing to use, or recommended to use, there's a lot of good research out there for ADHD in adults. And so I encourage you to look at the research and read the studies and see what people are doing in that area. There is an excellent online series by a Dr. Judy Ho, who is a triple board certified neuropsychologist, and it's on a medical series called MedCircle. I'll have that link in the show notes if you want to check her out. But she seems very knowledgeable and is very easy to understand with regards to ADHD in adults. And I have two articles that I think are worth mentioning in particular. The first one is from the National Institute of Health, and it is called Understanding Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder from Childhood to Adulthood. And it goes into the characteristics of both 
and how ADHD differs in adulthood. That article also contains an adult self-report screener scale, and it's only six questions that address ADHD, and you would then identify never, rarely, sometimes, often, and very often in relation to those six statements. And that would be something worth taking to your doctor when you want to talk to your doctor about the possibility of having ADHD as an adult. The other article is called Adult Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And that article goes into the DSM-5 standards for diagnosing ADHD in adults. So if you are interested in the kinds of things that go into that decision-making process, you'll find that information in that article. So both of those articles will have the links in the show notes. But in my mind, it's worth looking at the research before you make any decisions about ADHD. I want to thank you for your time today. I hope you found today's conversation valuable. It's a huge topic with all kinds of possibilities. If you have any questions about the topic or any other information regarding the topic that you would like me to research or to share with you or to find experts who can talk to you or experts I can interview on my podcast with regards to ADHD, please let me know. Send me an email at mickeyteaches at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-K-I-E teaches at gmail.com. Or go to my website, mickeyteaches.com. And on the website, there's a form there, a brief form that you can fill out with podcast suggestions. If you go there and fill out the form and tell me your idea for a podcast or any idea you would like me to incorporate with regards to ADHD, because I think this is much too big of a topic to do in just one brief podcast, but I wanted to at least touch base with you today on ADHD in adults that are heading to college. But if you have any other ideas, mickeyteaches.com, look for the form that shares podcast ideas with me, and I will follow up with you with regards to your idea. I hope you have a great rest of the day, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences, but to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, education, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.